Hello and welcome to the Good Soul Podcast on iCode Media. On today's bonus episode, what I'd like to do is address another topic. I hate when I have to do this. It's, it is, again, it is not intended to belittle anybody uh, in terms of social media. I think it's just better for us to have these uh, more in-depth conversations here where I can articulate a number of points quickly than one-liner replies on social media. I just think that doesn't add to the complexity of the types of things we're trying to address with an iCode uh, as effectively. So there was a there was a post on social media, and I'm not sure where this came up or, or what this misunderstanding occurred, but um, that post was asking, hey, I just got an email that said anytime, quote, anytime you have a patient that qualifies for a major elective surgery, even if they don't want to get that surgery, you can bill a 992 so again, I'm not sure where this came from, but um, but what wherever it came from, whatever email this person saw, um, I think this is an oversimplification and uh, a misunderstanding or a misrepresentation of what is specifically stated in the American Academy, American Medical Association 2021 and 2023 documentation guidelines. So in any event, uh, I think the bottom line here, as always, is documentation is key in order for you to correctly apply those guidelines. So you you can't just uh, think that somebody's going to be able to know what you did if you don't document appropriately. You all know that, but I think it's important in this case. So I'll also remind you that oftentimes I see people putting this kind of stuff out, whether it's social media or, or other publications, and the entire intent is to generate more revenue. This pays more than that, so do this. Or that is going to generate more revenue than this, so we're going to do that. That's not really the, the ultimate um, purpose of our codes. And, and that's definitely not the ultimate purpose of, of iCode. And, and what we want to do is help optometric practices understand their services and apply coding correctly so that you can remove barriers to take the best care of the patients that are in your chair. Two, I want to make sure that you're ensuring compliance. So you're safe, you're comfortable, you you know that if somebody were to look at your chart, they would they would you'd be happy, you'd be safe and you wouldn't have to pay back money that you are already paid. We want to reduce coding errors and then the last thing we want to do. Obviously, uh, I'm not trying to flip this the other way, but the last thing is when you do all those things you will then reap the benefits of optimized revenue. You'll improve your revenue because you've done the right things. You, you're, not just doing, you're not just improving your revenue and then doing everything else afterwards. So I think that's the order that I want you to think about this. I know most of you think about it that way. That's how we think about it. So let's get into this. I'm, again, I'm not sure where this original information came from, but let's look at the AMA's 2023 Guidelines on Evaluation and Management Codes. It specifically states that a you know a moderate risk so a level 4 type of risk could include an example would be quote decision regarding elective major surgery with identified patient or procedure risk factors end quote so a few key points about this is that it does not say quote qualifies for that's what this uh, post said is qualifies for so the AMA guidance doesn't say qualifies for it also doesn't say uh, quote, decision to have surgery. It states decision regarding, which actually could mean the decision to proceed with surgery or to not proceed with surgery. So I think as far as this post is implying, I think that is sort of true, but it, uh, but it doesn't say qualifies. It's, that's not the wording that is used. 
And then it does, you know, the AMA states elective major surgery. So we'll unpack that later on in this episode. Uh, And then it also states, quote, identified patient or procedure risk factors. So again, I think this, uh, even in a well-intentioned statement, this didn't unpack these, this idea of risk factors. So a major surgery in a patient who doesn't have additional risk factors or a procedure that doesn't carry risk factors, uh, identified risk factors, is, um, is probably an oversimplification. So let's think about what it means from a standpoint of documentation related to a, quote, decision. And I think probably the most common scenario in our practices would be a patient who has cataracts. So patient comes in, comprehensive eye exam, they've got cataracts. And the documentation, if you're going to use this idea of decision for surgery, then your documentation probably would should say something like, discussed options and risks associated with cataract surgery, patient acknowledges understanding, and we decided to proceed with surgical treatment. That could be uh, much more defensible than patient doesn't want treatment or, um, you know, uh, patient, um, send patient to cataract surgeon for surgery, right? Like that's going to be a lot more descriptive of what you're doing. The other way to, to switch this the other way would be, or quote, discussed options and risks associated with cataract surgery, patient acknowledges understanding, and we decided to delay surgical intervention. So you can see how the wording in your statements articulates the complexity and the nuance of what you educated the patient on and the risk associated with some of those procedures and why you may or may not have uh, recommended or decided to proceed with one of those procedures. Then this sort of brings up the idea of, well, what is major surgery? And and a common misnomer is, is it's just purely based on global days. So obviously, global days from a billing coding standpoint are really important. But, um, but in terms of defining procedures that are global or, excuse me, that are major, the AMA specifically is silent and they, and they do not want it tied ne- uh, directly to the global postoperative period. So what they say essentially is that global days may be an indicator of severity or, or major versus minor surgery, but not the only indicator. Um, they also talk about procedures done in office under local or topical anesthesia are likely minor. You know, then, then the other side of that is that procedures that are done in a hospital setting or an ambulatory surgical suite are more likely major. Procedures that are done under general anesthesia are more likely major procedures. So I think those are the kinds of things to to tease it out. I think the bottom line is here. Do we think about cataract surgery as a major or minor procedure? I think by all of these accounts, right? So obviously global days may be an indicator. Our global days, there are 90. That would be a major type of global. It also kind of aligns that we're not just using uh, local or topical anesthesia. Sometimes we're using blocks. Sometimes we're using uh, oral anesthesia in order to do it. Maybe it's not a complete, you know, general anesthesia, but it's sort of a twilight anesthesia. That's probably more likely major. And then it's not done in our offices. It's done in an OR or an ambulatory surgical suite. So I would say that that likely your cataract surgery would be a major procedure. And then what about additional risk factors? So what does identified patient or procedure risk factors mean? And really, you're just documenting risk factors. So if we're talking about cataract surgery, then an example might be that the patient is a steroid responder, right? They're, they're, so, so your description of the patient 
um, you know, discussed options for cataract surgery patient uh, options and risks associated with cataract surgery, including potential for IOP spike due to patient history of steroid response, right? Those kinds of complexities within the nuance of your documentation makes it a lot easier to justify how you arrive at those codes under an audit. Uh, or a patient has pseudoxfoliation, for example, that might place the patient at a greater risk uh, during cataract surgery. So document those risk factors. I think the bottom line is apply the guidelines appropriately and don't simply code higher just for the sake of coding higher and, and generating more money. I clearly want you to generate more money in your practice, but deliver the best care for your patient, document the care appropriately, understand the coding guidelines, and then reap the financial rewards. iCode is here to help you navigate these regulations now with the 2021 and 2023 AMA guidance and with updates in the future like 2024 updates. We've broken down our resources already based on these updates. Uh, on January 1st, 2024, we'll also be adding a module for insurance verification and submission so you can train new billing staff on best practices. We've received great feedback on our beta version of this module where one of our sus subscribers specifically used it to completely train a brand new virtual assistant to perform insurance submission in-house, which resulted in thousands of dollars monthly savings by returning this process to their control. So. Thanks to all of you who have been subscribers. Thanks to those beta testers out there. We look forward to working with you in the future and new subscribers in the future. So have a great week. I hope this was helpful. Please comment in the show notes. Talk to you soon.